this is Swipe Right for Sleep with Adriana. Hey there, dreamer, and welcome back to Swipe Right for Sleep, the podcast that helps you sleep. On this special episode, I will be highlighting a black female writer and reading one of her more well-known pieces. I wanted to highlight more African-American authors. However, as I do public domain only at the moment, it felt like the selection I had was few. This is why it is so important in this day and age to lift up and support black authors and creators. If you have any information on where I can read more, I would love to do so. I want to learn and read as much as I can please feel free to email me at swiperightforsleeppodcast at gmail.com. Even if the author is not specifically black, I would love to read and learn more about different cultures and ethnicities. With all that being said, let us get into our highlight and story. And just a note, all sources will be posted in the show notes on the platform you listen to this podcast on. Tonight, we will be learning about Alice Ruth Moore who was born in New Orleans on July 19, 1875. She was the daughter of an African-American seamstress and former slave and a white seaman. She graduated from Strait University in 1892 and worked as a teacher in the public school system of New Orleans at Old Margini Elementary. In 1895, her first collection of short stories and poems titled Violets and Other Tales was published by the Monthly Review. Around that same time, she moved to Boston and then New York City. She co-founded and taught at the White Rose Mission, also known as the White Rose Home for Girls, in San Juan Hill. Other highlights from her life include, but are definitely not limited to, teaching at Howard High School in Wilmington, Delaware, teaching at State College for Colored Students, and the Hampton Institute. She went to Cornell University. She was a co-editor and writer for the AME Review, and she was a huge civil rights activist. I could go more in depth. However, this episode would be so long, so I urge you to research her and look more into her life. I would talk about her forever if I could, but that would defeat the purpose of this platform. So go and research her. She's amazing. I will be reading from her stories, Violets and Other Tales. I picked the story that's called Anarchy Alley. So, get comfortable and relaxed. Close your eyes and let us begin the story. To the casual observer... The quaint, narrow, little alley that lies in the heart of this city is no more than any other of the numerous divisions of the streets in which New Orleans delights. But to the idle wanderer, or he whose mission down its four squares of much-trodden stones is an aimless one, whose eyes and forced to bend to the ground in thought of sordid ways and means, can peer at will into its quaint corners. Exchange alley presents all phases of a Latinized portion of America. The restless, chafing, anarchist Europe of today in the midst of the quieter democratic institution of our republic. 
It is Bohemia, pure and simple. Bohemia in all its stages, from the beer saloon and the cheap bookstore to the cheaper cook shop and uncertain lodging house. There, the great American institution, the wondrous monarch whom the country supports, the tramp, basks in the superior comfort and contented, unmolested indolence. Idleness and labor, poverty and opulence, the honest, law-abiding workingman, and the reckless, restless anarchist jostle side by side and brush each other's elbows in terms of equality as they do nowhere else. On the busiest thoroughfares in the city, just in the busiest part, between two of the most crowded and conservative of cross streets, lies this alley of Latinism. One might almost pass it hurriedly, avoiding the crowds that cluster in this section of the streets. But upon turning into a narrow section, stone-paved, the place is entered, appearing to end one square distant, seeming to bar itself from the larger buildings by an aimless sort of iron affair, part railing, part posts. There is a conservative bookstore at the entrance on one side, and an even more harmless clothing store on the other. Then comes a saloon with many blind colors, behind which are vistas of tables, crowded and crowded with men drinking beer out of globes, large, round, moony, common affairs. There is a dingy pension claim office, which cripples the sorrowful-looking women in black, sitting about on rickety chairs. Somehow, there is always an impression with me that the morning dress and the mournful looks are put on to impress the dispenser and adjuster. It is wicked, but what can one do if impressions come? There are more little cutties of places, dye shops, tailors, and nondescript corners that seem to have no possible mission on earth and are sadly conscious of their aimlessness. Then the railing is reached, and the alley instead of ending has merely given itself an angular twist to the right and extends three squares further to a great pale green dome and stately entrance. The calmly thinking, quietly laboring, cool and conservative world is for the nonce left behind with the first stepping across Custom House Street. The place widens architecturally and the atmosphere, too, seems impregnated with a sort of mental freedom conducive to dangerous theorizing and broody reflections on the inequality of the classes. The sun shines in a strip in the center, yellow and elusive, like gold. Someone is rattling a gay gallop on a piano somewhere. There is a sound of men's voices in a heated discussion. A long whiff of pipe smoke trails through the sunlight from the bar room. The clink of glasses, the chink of silver, and the high treble of a woman's voice scolding a refractory child mingle in the incongruous melody. Two-story houses all along, the first floor divided into cutties. Here a paper store, displaying ten-cent novels of detective stories with impossible cuts, illustrating impossible situations of the plot. Dye shops, jewelers, tailors, tinsmiths, Bookshops, intelligence offices, many of these, and some newspaper offices on the second floor, balconies, dingy, iron railed with sickly box plants, and decrepit garments airing and being turned and tended by disheveled, 
slipshod woman. Lodging houses, these, some of them, but one is forced to wonder why do the tenants sun their clothes so often. The lines stretched from the post to post seem always filled with airing garments. Is it economy? And do the owners of the faded vests and patched coats hide in dusky corners while their only garments are receiving the benefits of old souls' cleansing rays? And are the women with the indiscriminate tresses near relatives or only the landladies? It would be something worth knowing if one could. Plenty of saloons. Great, gorgeous, gaudy places with pianos and swift-footed waiters. Tables and cards and men. Men, men. The famous Three Brothers Saloon occupies a position about midway the alley and its doors. The acme, the culminating point, the superlative degree of unquietude and discontent is reached. It is the headquarters of nearly all the great labor organizations in the city. Behind the doors, swinging as easily between the street and the liquor-fumed halls as the soul swings between right and wrong, the disturbed minds of the working men become clouded, heated, and wrathfully ready for deeds of violence. Outside on the pavements, with hundreds of like-excited men, with angry discussions and bitter recitals of complaints, the seeds of discord sown some time since, perhaps sprout afresh, blossom and bear fruits. Is there a strike? Then special minions of the law are detailed to this place, where violence and hatred of employers, insurrection and socialism find here ready followers. Impromptu mass meetings are common, and law-breaking schemes find their cradle beneath its glittering lights. It's always thronged within and without, a veritable nursery of riot and disorder. And oh, Bohemia, pipes and dolence and beer. The atmosphere is impregnated with it. The dust sifts into your clothes and hair. The sunlight filters it through your brain. The stray snatches of music now, and then beat it rhythmically into your mind. There are some who work, yes, and a few places outside of the saloons that seem to be animated with a business motive. There are even some who push their way briskly through the aimless bodies of men, but then there must be an occasional anomaly to break the monotony, if nothing more. It is so unlike the ordinary world, this bit of bohemia, that one feels a personal grievance when the marble entrance and great green dome become positive, solid, architectural facts, standing in all of grim solemnity, of main entrance of the Hotel Royal on St. Louis Street. Sudden return to aristocracy, this stamping ground for anarchy. Hey there, dreamer. Are you still with me? Well, if so, we hope you enjoy tonight's episode Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Check out www.swiperightforsleep.com for articles from this episode. If you want more content, visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash swiperightforsleeppod. Your support is appreciated. And as always, have a good night.